0: After Dark, your favorite podcast about the old miss rebels i'm your host justin sanders got john stefanchik with me we're gonna be talking Ole Miss baseball uh suffered the first series loss at mississippi state saved a game uh in game two there bounced back yesterday on uh tuesday april 10th got a big 11-3 win over southern miss in pearl uh, we're gonna talk about upcoming series against Vanderbilt, some other news, some some football recruiting, some general football drama, stuff like that. We'll get into all of that. But it is uh Wednesday, April eleventh, and like I said, I'm Justin Sanders. John, what's up, buddy? How you doing?
1: We're doing good. Recording on a Wednesday here, just talking about how mm-hmm. this week.
0: Yeah, I was traveling, so kinda messed up our schedule. We weren't able to record on Monday and then um Yesterday with the, the Southern game going down and all of that, figured it'd be best to see how that all shook out. Because really, it, the difference in one and three in that stretch of state series and Southern and two and two is pretty big, especially with the second one being over Southern, who's still ranked really highly. They were like 14th, I think. Ole Miss sweeps uh, the, the season series against them. So, I mean, pretty impressive bounce back after what we're going to talk about was a, a pretty disappointing Weekend, but again, like we were saying before the show, that's baseball, right? I mean, these things happen.
1: Well, the Alumni Association comes out with this Mississippi-made T-shirt, and then they go and lose the series to... Uh, How
0: dare they? They're copying our Mississippi-paid shirts. They're saying, they're saying
1: that everybody is Mississippi-made.
0: Like, I think the message is, old Miss makes you Mississippi-made regardless of where you're from. I think that's what it, they're going for.
1: And I will... I will briefly be, as a native Texan, everybody from Dallas and Houston and out of state has got to be sitting here going, really? <laughs> like, I don't think, no offense, it I don't think mis- being becoming a Mississippian is the most appealing thing to the average Joe. Oh, Ooh, we're, that we're, was we're, a dirty takeout. What are you watching? Yankees, Red Sox. We mm-hmm. had a dirty takeout that cleared the benches.
0: Ooh, fun. Okay, so to your point, we're taking it back. We're reclaiming the stereotype of Mississippi as being shitty. Uh, it's Mississippi is cool now. Was, that's what saying, we're doing.
1: It's not like oh my god, I have to be. You know, it's just kind of. You know, I mean, I is there a difference yeah. between like a native Iowa? You know, I mean, I guess you can get you know big corn. In both well, Iowa made. I mean, that's its, yeah. it's
0: its own thing. I don't know. I mean, what I will say about it is, I feel like the people that are from Mississippi are totally cool with it, and the other people don't like it so much. I don't know. You take whatever you want from that, but that's pretty much what I noticed. Um, I guess it's just kind of a pride thing or whatever. Obviously, Mississippi has a lot to be ashamed of uh, in its past and in its present. I mean, 50th is um, pretty much the standard rank for any type of national ranking when it comes to Mississippi. Um, But I I guess Mississippi guys like it because it makes it seem like we have stuff to be proud of, whether we really do or not. I don't really know. I've said from the beginning. I don't. I don't mind it, especially if it works. Uh, if Luke has a complete flop of a class, and with the Mississippi recruits that are currently in this upcoming senior class, with the fact that Ole Miss is right now. Ranked highly, despite having kind of a low average star ranking. I mean, definitely padding out the class at this moment. Uh, but despite all that, or, or I mean, not in spite of that, but because of that, I think a flop of a recruiting class for Luke in 19 would probably be, you know, 20 to 30. Even that would be kind of the letdown. So if that's what happens, then yeah, whatever. I, I'm out on Mississippi made, I guess. But if for some, somehow it works and you know they, they get a top 10 class, it doesn't bother me at all. I don't know.
1: Plus, you, you brought up Luke. I want to touch on touch on this real quick. It was a good old boy hire. The fan base seems luke, lukewarm, I guess pun intended. I there. think warming
0: up. I think War, warming up with the recruiting current. Up.
1: Um, we'll talk about how the spring game was, a, was poorly planned here in a second. Luke, for the most part, has continued to do a good job, though. We can argue that, well, why is Maurice Harris still on the staff? I don't know. Like, we'll put that topic to the side. Well, next time we bring Paul back on, we'll, we'll get into it with him.
0: But we've, we've definitely floated some theories on this show. Who, who really but, knows? I think it's truly a mystery.
1: Who knows? But he has done a good job. He has exceeded expectations recruiting-wise since he got the full-time gig. Mm-hmm. Both, with, I think, overall with the way he finished 18's class and now he's got them top five in the country, depending on which service you use. Number one, yeah, I believe. Yeah, number one on the
0: composite, yeah.
1: That, in of itself, I mean, he, he, now he's got the Jackson Prep kid that's going to go play baseball. Right, and right. The one, the one black may or may not even qualify. But who cares right now? That is – Hey, he's t- trying
0: to build momentum, I think, right? I mean, that's what's most he's important right
1: now. Now we're talking, he can talk about that as opposed to coming off all these sanctions, winning a program. No, we're a top five program now that this is behind us. Freeze has a whole mess under Freeze built a perception to be able to recruit pretty well. So, especially, I mean, they had the 13 and the 16 classes. Long story short, He's, he's doing a pretty good job changing the area. He, he can go in a living room, a 17-year-old kid right now, a 16, 17-year-old kid, and put, and put an accurate story together. There's enough NFL presence to say, hey, you'll get to the league. Plus, the reality is, is you can get to the league from anywhere these days. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it doesn't re- really matter where you go. I wonder, thinking out loud here, how much is Alabama stranglehold? Because right now they have this perception of being a, a factory to the league. Is that going to continue and strengthen stay the same or weaken over the next two or three years? They've lost their number one recruiting class ranking in part because you got Kirby Smart and Georgia
0: mm-hmm.
1: up and running here. But we'll see. We'll see. what. I, I mean, so
0: obviously that is a compelling pitch to a high school kid, right? They, they all want to get paid. They want to make it to the league. But – I think it's kind of unfair, maybe not unfair, but just dishonest to act like that's the only thing that Alabama does right in recruiting. I mean, by all accounts, Alabama has one of the best, if not the best, and like you said, Kirby is kind of pushing for that now. But um, let's call it a recruiting machine. Let's say they know how to get things done. That may or may
1: tremendous infrastructure. If, may or may
0: not, but certainly are are not like uh, technically legal. I would say under NCAA bylaws. Um, and the most important thing is they know how to do it without getting caught. They're very effective at it. Uh, so I guess the, the, real, the real question to me is, is that ever going to be affected while Saban's still the head coach there? And will the next head coach inherit it, which I think is definitely probably the Red Elephant Club uh, goal that's you know their, the, their group of high-power boosters or whatever, whether or not they're directly involved, whether or not you know they pass it off to middlemen, lesser, lesser bagmen types. I don't really know. Um, I know car dealerships are heavily implicated in this whole system, all that stuff. I don't know. But to me, that's going to be the biggest factor in if Alabama continues to put guys in the league more than perception about Kirby and all that stuff. I think Georgia and Alabama both are probably going to be NFL factories for the foreseeable future.
1: Yep, and they should be because football, I mean. It's what about popular. what about
0: Miami? They're, they're about to put a bunch of players in the league under Rick. It seems like it this class and last class.
1: They should. I mean, there's, and
0: they always have, right? Even under Al Golden, you know, they were they were getting ten guys drafted off the teams that were going six and six.
1: Yep, This should. Talent's never been the issue down there. Yeah, Florida is such a fertile recruiting ground. Um, spring yeah. game, uh, spring yeah. game had thirty-five people at it. Now Luke got the game done in like an hour and fifteen minutes. The so. real
0: problem wasn't that there were thirty-five people there; it's that. Enemy of the Rebs, Paris Alford, gonna tweet out the picture of the stands. What are you doing, bro? Enemy of the
1: Rebs. What are you
0: doing, bro? Just no one needs to see that. Did you see uh did you see the crowd yesterday at White or two days ago at White Sox opening day? No, it
1: did not.
0: It was legitimately twenty five people. Like it was and that was like it was like a, why
1: would you go watch the White Sox this year? I mean, I'm, not this I'm not watching.
0: I'm not watching, I'm saying it was in between innings. Like it wasn't even a pregame. It is just like oof. I mean, they did have to move like two feet of snow off the field or something, but still, man, that's that's rough. Um, you know, it's MLB attendance day in and day out isn't their bread and butter. It's more about the TV contracts and the big games, and then the the individual teams with their followings. And the White Sox are not one of those. But
1: overall, Red Sox, you know, on big crowds, yeah, yeah, yeah. I
0: mean, the Cubs obviously have a huge following the last few but, years.
1: Then again, if you're nine and one, you're going to draw crowds, and you have the hated Yankees in town. Mm-hmm. So
0: but still i mean even even with some teams still having you know great success when it comes to attendance, and we talked about this on the show, although it's been a while um the trend is going to continue of less and less declining in attendance at at, uh, at these live sporting events, assuming they don't continue adding more amenities to make it even better. I mean, I think at the very least ticket prices are gonna have to come down in the next ten or twenty years to get people motivated to leave their house actually watch these games especially here in the next five years where you know vr sports and watching uh quote unquote court side or you know from the 50 yard line on the sideline those kind of vantage points are going to be readily available for you know a fraction of what you would pay to actually have those tickets i think it's going to be really interesting to see how that changes the the live sports ticket market and all of that and i think it's going to be here sooner rather than later so we'll see
1: you've got to have a unique differentiator to the experience mm-hmm and for Ole Miss, it's the Grove, right? In football, yeah, the Grove. You have that. Although it's the you know, Vita. you know what
0: I will say about the spring game, John. I, I assume you saw the picture. Like I, the the stadium looks damn good. The the bowl looks great. Like it just from the inside of the stadium,
1: it looks much better. Now here is
0: the it looks so much better from inside. from
1: inside. Never put an upper deck there. I don't think they'll ever be tempted to. But no, never, do. I don't
0: think they will. If you
1: ever expand further, you put suites in the north end zone. That's mm-hmm. it.
0: Mm-hmm. I I think they're good on on numbers for a while. Like I don't think they need to add more seats. And I think
1: they're already going this route. More premium is, seats. Yeah, you're better off renovating your existing premium seats and getting more for that than and,
0: you are and add more cool stuff like the field level suites and all of that. Um, you know, I think I'm not a big
1: fan of the field level because it doesn't fill out and look as good. Like I'm fine with like the south end zone being half full because it's away the hell up there. Who cares?
0: Well, I think, I think part of the reason they moved the students to the south end zone was because I was hearing people didn't want to sit in the field level because they were getting drinks thrown on them by the students. So, uh, you know, I think what? it kind of all ties into itself. That makes it possible to have more premium seating in those lower areas when you when you move the students off to the end zone. Yeah. Um, Okay, so let's see. We're talking recruiting. We mentioned You mentioned Jerry and Ely that's been committed for a while. You touched on Dewan Black. He, uh, excuse me for mispronouncing his first name. Dewan, Dewan. I don't know. We'll get it down eventually. We have another, what, uh, 10, 10, 11 Mr. months? Black. Oh, Mr. Black. Mr. Black, highly rated safety out of Forest. Um, he's close with a former they have Mr. a
1: linebacker in this class.
0: They committed someone, but, I mean, I, I think he's unra- unrated right now. Some Mississippi kid. I'll go to the actual class. Oh, that should probably look good. I think Jay Stanley was the guy's name that, that they are recruiting as a linebacker. Um, but, I, I don't know. that All that to say, he was committed to state. He, I guess, flipped or decommitted for a month and then committed to Ole Miss. You know, he claims he has a lot of Ole Miss ties. I don't know. Like, you mentioned this question is if he's going to qualify. We were talking before the show. You know, he has two summers left and an entire senior year would not be surprising at all in today's football world for him to, to find a way to get eligible. I have no idea, you know, what kind of a hill he has to climb there. And really nobody should, you know, federal law and FERPA and all of that. You know, when you see people on message boards talking about their intimate knowledge of a recruit's academic standing, there's a, there's a good chance they have no idea what they're talking about. And if they do, they're, you know, that would be illegal. But whatever. Um, also of note, Allen, Texas QB Grant Tisdale commits. He's a four-star uh, I think a dual threat guy, six one two oh four. Excited about that. He's going to be the QB of the class. Uh, what's really exciting?
1: A, I just realized he's a four star. Yeah. Phil Longo, hang. On, I'm. I'm gonna. Yeah, go ahead. Go
0: off on Longo we, we, getting it done. About,
1: Phil Longo has gotten the job done. Period. From a recruit, he's done a hell of a job recruiting here. What'll be interesting to see is how does his offense evolve in year two of SEC ball. Really he ran a pretty damn good offense last year. I mean, it wasn't perfect at the time. I think it got better as the year went on. I'm curious to see how it evolves.
0: Yeah, I want to see it in year two for sure.
1: Does he tweak? Does he add? Does he maybe maybe he runs thirty five plays? We'll see how this, <laughs>
0: see
1: how it goes. I, I have zero problem with him only running like thirty plays.
0: Yeah. Because keep it simple, Steven. Keep
1: it simple and execute it. You'll win you can win eight games. Like that's that's what Ole Miss ought
0: to do. But, but, you're talking about his QB recruiting, right?
1: Yeah. He's gone out and gotten some dudes. Corral yeah. threw two picks in the spring. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Who
0: cares? I didn't even watch, so I don't know. Although I, I think a lot of people probably weren't planning on watching the spring game and ended up watching it because it uh, coincided with Ole Miss getting like, blown out in game one of the doubleheader in Starkville. Or Brady Feigl, who's you know known for his uh, – Mental struggles, perhaps, just let a bad start really, really get away from him. Uh, not not Mike's best strategic move to switch up the lineup on the same day he was
1: moving hey, play goal to Friday. Uh, Rolison went out there and pitched seven good games. He ends. did. He
0: did. I'm sorry. Okay, I don't – let's wait. Let's wait because I wanted to say one thing about Tisdale before – as my fault. I did that. But my whole point is I think the spring game had a few more viewers because of that. But uh, the big thing about Tisdale is he's from Allen High School, which is where Greg Little's from – where Jalen Jones is from, it's a football factory, uh, and keeping that pipeline open uh, into, you know, from Freeze to Luke, I think is huge. Um, I think that's a great sign for the future of recruiting Texas, and I'm really excited about that. Uh, here's a question, John: While we're still on recruiting, before we move on to baseball, um, yeah. and and also on recruiting, we should probably mention Lloyd Murray, who uh, committed to Ole Miss last week, decommitted like five days later, recommitted a couple days after that. Uh, so we already got a fun uh, drama queen in the class. Excited about that. Um, but all that to say, uh, I forgot what I was gonna say about recruiting John. I'm sorry. I got distracted when I saw Lloyd Murray on this list. But
1: um, you were you weren't too far from Wichita Falls, Texas this past weekend. You can. I kinda... wasn't West
0: Texas. Yeah, so I could. Yeah, I could. I could pick up on that. I mean, that's understand. why. That's why he recommitted was because maybe I stopped by, you know, yeah. paid him a visit. He said he wasn't getting the love. I showed him a little bit of
1: love, you know. So how honest, it is. It's gonna be great when he becomes Mississippi made.
0: Exactly. Exactly right. Um, dang, completely slipped my mind what I was saying. Oh, oh, I remember now. I remember now. So I'm looking through this class. We talked about number one class in the composite. That's because they have four, five, six more recruits in the next biggest class. They're padding it out with low-rated guys. What do you make of? Yancey Porter, posting on his message board that Ole Miss was planning to commit a lot of lower-ranked guys to keep up recruiting uh, momentum and then basically drop them later, not have them in the final class. Of course, that message instantly got screenshotted. Passed around Mississippi State Twitter. Uh, being any recruit talking about Ole Miss, you can see in the replies to his tweet, they got that screenshot. I mean, it's classic Yancey. How much of that do we think is true? How much of this is he just— he's, screwed up by saying it basically you know it's probably an unspoken thing is that what we think is going on with this class right now i mean i'm sure they would like to get high rated guys are we going to end up with all these three stars i really don't know
1: i think matt luke and his staff quietly just like yancey go go over there in the corner he didn't have a clue what's going on
0: and 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 if that's true then that's been a trend for a while because yancey really had no idea what's happening under freeze either he was pretty much just speculating
1: I think it's he has even less.
0: So that's so if that's the truth. That's even more frustrating because at least if he's reporting something he shouldn't be reporting, it's not just his fault. It's also the coach's fault for employing that strategy and letting him know that. If he's just saying that out of his ass and it's being used to hurt old Miss recruiting, well, that's Yancey, huh?
1: I, I don't I don't put much stock in it. In the age of Trump, we we're in the there's fake news every day. In like, the age of MSU POTUS, in the age of Bulldog Trump. Is so is Duty Noble supposed to be complete next year?
0: Yeah, something like that. It's definitely not complete right now.
1: Yeah, let's let's talk about baseball. What do you make about
0: all this cutesy stuff they added in? All the weird walls and the you know, the the turf around the plate. I mean, a lot of people say that these things are designed to give them an artificial home field advantage because their guys are used to the weird they bounces. Can do
1: whatever they, they can do whatever the hell they want.
0: Yeah, but is, it, is it, It's a free country. You're right. It's a free country. Absolutely. All right, so what do you think of the stadium then? How do you think it looked?
1: I mean, better than... The, I mean, they, they basically played in a trailer park before. Yeah. Let's, let's call it what it was.
0: It looks unfinished. Maybe it'll be really nice next year, but the whole oh, fact later
1: that, the year. I uh, think the idea you can have really good sight lines across the facility is good.
0: The there's, there's sight lines are terrible. That was the worst camera work I've seen in any SEC stadium in well, years.
1: stuck, but I think from a fan standpoint, this Yeah, is
0: maybe so. I, I, like the, uh, I like the big entrance down the right field line. You know what I'm talking I about? That's kind of cool.
1: I mean, the walls in the corner are stupid, but yeah. I mean... Uh, Honestly, you know what? I really have no problem if the park's quirky and kind of gets in people's heads. Right. I mean, that's, I think, probably what they're going for. I think it because it doesn't – Kentucky is too quirky because that wall, the right field wall being 280, I think they're getting rid of that. Oh, yeah, but they should, yeah. They, that's too quirky because then your team gets
0: used to – Right, and then you go on the road and you absolutely the suck.
1: being weird. You're used to it. The other team, it's just something for that team to complain about. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean it Swayze's the most basic field you'll Yeah, it's, it's crack and it jack. Is. It's very
0: it's very standard. It's it's basically a mini version of the field they played it's on last night in Pearl.
1: Off the rack, which for Ole Miss is an appropriate stadium to play in. So what'd you say? Say it again? So it's like a polo shirt off the rack, you
0: know? Yeah. So. No, that's yeah, that's very true. The old Stadium is like the uh I'm trying to think what color polo. Like it's just like a nice blue, like navy blue polo with like a red horse. Super red. Yeah. This one. Yeah, it's very standard. Like I was saying, it's pretty much just a miniature version of the park they played in last night in Pearl. Um it's 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 very standard. Uh all that to say, whatever, you know, voodoo they're they're working out in that new stadium, that incomplete stadium with the upper deck with like a third of the seats installed like randomly. Uh, it worked against Ole Miss. I mean, where they lost the first game, like 13 to three or something like that. We talked about how it kind of got away from Feigl. There were some defensive errors. Uh, basically state found a whole bunch of holes. I mean, they had a blooper fall down the left field line for like three runs. I mean, it's, it's baseball. I'm, I'm not going to say they didn't win the series. So I take that away from them. Congratulations. At the same time, there's a reason that in baseball, you look at averages, you look at ERAs. It's about consistency, consistency throughout the season. You know, you're not going to say a guy that goes 4-for-4 four four on a Friday is better than a guy that goes, um, you know, 300 throughout the year. It's just, it's not about one weekend, any of that. It's about how you can bounce back after stuff like this. Like I said, Ole Miss does bounce back pretty well in this instance, at least against Southern Miss, gets the big win last night. Um, honestly, the way they played last night in peril behind Houston Roth pitching, they got some great performances out of guys like Tiafi, Austin Miller, um, guys that we want to see, and it's really it was really nice of Austin to take time out of his you know pitching practice to be a guest on our show every now and then. Um, we really appreciate that. Um, but basically, these are guys that haven't really gotten a chance to pitch in big innings. And after the way Will Stokes uh, pretty much lost Game Three for old Miss, just like everybody knew he was going to when he entered in a well, high stress situation. You know what?
1: You know what? Picking on Will Stokes is really easy. Uh, that pick, on,
0: pick on Bianco. Pick on Bianco for putting him in that situation. Uh, Stokes should not be in there. Short.
1: Runs. The offense should have scored ten that's, runs. That's it, fine. That's fine. You still throw have like to, four like they threw away at least two bases loaded situations.
0: Absolutely, but you have to look at every coaching decision in a vacuum. And putting Stokes in there when you had guys like Miller, Chiaffi, Fowler available uh was a complete mistake. And Bianco needs to needs to remember that next time. And Stokes should be a middle relief guy. He does not have it. He doesn't have the stuff to get you through a high stress inning with the game on the line, especially not in the SEC. Pitch him in the no. midweek, that's fine. I mean, it, it's, I mean, do you disagree with that? Say what you will about the offense. Stokes shouldn't have been in a situation to give up the game-winning homer in Game 3. I agree. Okay, so what I'm saying is guys like Miller and Chiaffi, hopefully we're going to see them more on the weekend. But, um, you know, you play State again in two weeks, in the midweek, in Trustmark Park, in this park that plays like TD Ameritrade. It's a pitcher's park. Um last night it was really good to Ole Miss. Uh Cockrell's able to get a home run out to left field, which is really impressive. The first Ole Miss player did a home run there since 2010, I saw on Twitter. Uh it's a big part. Cockrell's got a lot of juice in that bat, obviously. Um basically what I'm saying is you're you're one and two against state on the season. You got a chance to even the series in the midweek. I think you have to feel good about your chances if you're Ole Miss because you're looking for revenge. You have the better midweek pitching, you have the better bullpen. You just beat a really good team in a pretty dominant fashion there two weeks earlier. Um, obviously, you're going to have me in the stands there to bring you good luck. I mean, I, I think if you're Ole Miss, yeah, it sucks to go 1-2 and two in Starkville, but I think you feel good about evening the series and going 2-2, two and two, clawing back a little bit of that uh, that lost RPI from losing to them. Um, basically, I'm excited. I'm excited for that midweek game against State, and I, I think they're going to be able to even the
1: series up on the season. Yeah. What do you think they're going to do in Nashville this weekend?
0: it's it's a good question i mean this is a this is a tough week for me these are my two sec teams my two teams really um obviously i went to old miss been an old miss fan for a few years now uh, my lovely girlfriend angie who's a medical student out in lubbock she went to vanderbilt for undergrad uh she's a huge vanderbilt baseball fan probably a bigger baseball fan than i am even uh she sent us some notes on the team that we're going to talk about uh to get a little back a little background for us but um you know, it's it's hard for me to 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 cheer for Ole Miss that hard, knowing that it means Vanderbilt's going to lose. But we'll see what happens in the series. I mean, to be honest, and don't don't invalidate my fan card too much, but I think I'm definitely hoping for no sweeps. Uh, you know, a two and one either way would be just fine with me. But you know, I think most of you listening have no affiliation to Vanderbilt, so obviously you can hope for whatever you want to hope for. Um, some intel on the doors. They got strong starting pitchers. Uh, a young bullpen that can sometimes be a little shaky. Uh, the offense is also pretty young. They've had some injury problems. Um, not not always super consistent, but still, I mean, it's Vanderbilt. We know they recruit. We know the kind of program that Corbett has there, year in and year out. Um, you know, they're they Omaha team more years, or at least you know a a very good contender to make it to Omaha more years than they aren't. Um, so I don't think you can ever go into Nashville and take it lightly. Um, let's see. We got Drake Fellows on Friday. He's uh, he's a good pitcher. Um, I think Raby is the game two guy. Mason Hickman on Sunday. Uh, Angie says Raby struggles with control sometimes. Uh, as far as hitters That's go,
1: five. so Saturday could be anywhere with Feigl and this guy on the mound. Yeah, probably.
0: Yeah, we should mention that after the uh, the failed experiment in Starkville, uh, moving Feigl up, and then you mentioned how good Rollison was in game two of the doubleheader. He really did come out and lock it down. Um, which, you know, perhaps that's what Bianco was trying to get out of him by moving him to game two. But back to normal this week, you got Rallison, Feigl, and MacArthur in the rotation. Um, yeah, I really don't know what's going to happen in game two. If Raby struggles with control, and we know Feigl can as well. That 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 could get interesting. Um, Angie says the best hitters are freshman Austin Martin and Philip Clark. Uh, Infante is a senior that's been really good throughout his career, but I think he's— Uh, He's in a slump, she says. She might not play. I was looking at their stats. J.J. Bladé is leading them uh, in a lot of categories in average, and I think in home runs as well. Uh, But she says he got hurt in batting practice like a week ago, so he might not be in the lineup. Um, Kaiser is excellent defensive shortstop. She said Alonzo Jones is a really good base runner. He always steals second. So that's something to look out for him against uh, either Fortes or Cooper Johnson, probably more Fortes than Johnson back there, uh, that, that matchup. Um. Although I bet they they probably will catch Cooper Johnson in one of the three games because Fortes did just catch last night, and it seems like they're really trying to max Fortes out at three games behind the plate a week um, just to yep. kind of extend that longevity. Um. Just the power hitters are Scar- Scott and DeMarco. So that's my intel. I think there's something like 15-12 and 12 on the year, which is kind of the record kind of makes it seem like they've done worse than they have. Uh, they started out SEC play 5-1. and one. They swept state. They won the series against LSU. Uh, they had a tough road series uh, at Florida where they got swept, but they bounced back and won the series against Georgia this past weekend. Um, I mean, really, it's just it's Vanderbilt. you know? They're going to be really solid. It's going to be tough to play there. Um, the rankings, I guess, would give Ole Miss an edge, but I don't think you can necessarily take anything for granted playing against Tim Corbin. Uh, I think it'll be a good series. I think the Sunday games on, uh, on TV starts pretty late at like 4 p.m. I'm not sure about Friday and Saturday. Obviously, at the worst, they'll be on SEC Network Plus, but. I don't know about other stations.
1: I think it's pretty even teams. If anything, Ole Miss maybe is much better. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they we'll see. I think
0: so, thus far, Ole Miss has the better offensive statistics. I'm sure both teams are really going to pitch it well. Um, I, I mean, think I,
1: they've been focused after the last week. I mean, they
0: yeah, that's the question, right? How are they going to respond to going on the road and losing last week? Are they going to come out with a different mindset? I don't know. We'll see.
1: In a lot of ways, or in some ways, losing that ser- losing that Sunday game was probably a good thing. Quite honestly, mm-hmm.
0: it, it really it could have gone either way. Like you said, the offense missed a lot of opportunities. They had a lead uh, going into the ninth inning, thanks to a big eighth inning. A lot of people talking about the game say, you know, that the, one of the big turning points was pitching to Jake Mangum in the ninth. I think he hit a double and tied the game up or something. I mean. I don't know. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Mangum was like four or four on the day, but he's he's one of the best leadoff guys in the league by far. I mean, he's he's a great hitter. He's really fast. I it's, I don't think going four for four or letting Mangum go four for four off you is necessarily an indictment of your pitching. It's really you got to work around him and get to those other guys. And Ole Miss didn't do that. Um, I forget who it was that hit the Luke Alexander. Maybe is the guy that hit the winning homer. I think he batted second. Um, you know, like I said, I've already said emphatically that Stokes shouldn't have been the guy in there at that time. Um, they put Caracy into early again. They threw like 50 pitches and, and then still had to go to Stokes after that because it went to extras. I mean, I think Ole Miss has a lot of tools. Like I really want Bianco to start using Austin Miller, Chiaffi, Fowler more because um, I, I I think that the upside outweighs the downside uh, in that situation. And Austin Miller and Chiaffi both, I think, haven't given up a run in like 10 innings each. So, I mean, what's the harm in trying it, right? Why not? Yeah, why not? Um I I think for me the big question is how how long are old Mrs. Starters gonna gonna stay in these in these games this weekend?
1: When when are Rollison and Feigl mm-hmm. gonna show up and go seven innings on Friday and five and two thirds on Saturday mm-hmm. of like one, one Christian, ball.
0: Christian Trent. Where's where's Christian Trent? Where is he going to come from, you know, with the, with this complete game to save the bullpen in game two a lot of times, stuff like that, you know. That's what the 14
1: team had. When is that going – when are those guys going to show up and really do that? Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm curious to see how Rawlinson pitches Friday after they're moving things around. You know,
0: yeah, and I think it's – I think you're dead on to say that starters need to go deeper if they're truly elite starters than, than those guys have at times this year. At the same time, you know the starters in fourteen, I it was a little bit less offensive at, at that time. You know there was the old balls, uh, it was the current bats. I don't know. I just wonder. It's it, it's a hypothetical. I wonder how much better the SEC overall is hitting now. And I it could, you can could look at the statistics. I could be way off. Yeah, that's a
1: good question. It's a question. It's it's a possibility. I don't know. Um I generally have a good. I mean, this team coming out and being focused and jumping all over Southern Tuesday. It's a good sign. It's a good sign. I mean, they they continue their best attribute continues to be their resilience, play, mental toughness, resilience. They didn't they didn't do a great job of playing twenty seven ounces this past weekend, but they came back mm-hmm. and did so.
0: But it was it was cold and rainy. They had to play a doubleheader on Saturday. But-
1: well, they won a lot. They had a lot of come from behind and a lot of close game wins. Right,
0: right. You, you can't always you can't always come back and win this. Um, and, and I mean, you know, they had to stay in Starkville. I mean, who 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 would be excited to play there? I don't know. I, mean, I don't think anybody. Uh, especially especially with state being down this year, you know, it's easy to not get up when you're playing a team that's gotten swept by Southern. And you know, I don't even know what their league record was, but this was their first SEC series win. Um, like I mentioned earlier in the show, the first or the first series that Ole Miss has lost all year, um, definitely not a pattern that they that they want to keep going. But Ole Miss obviously still in very good shape. Um, I'm going to pull up the RPI here, but I, I think uh, several teams Ole Miss has played and beat, ranked in the top 25. I think, John, even Georgia State, uh, who Ole Miss swept in a midweek series, uh, has snuck into some top 25. I think they were number 25 in the USA Today coaches poll. So if you can get... Teams like that, they were kind of forgettable games for us fans. But obviously Bianco knew what he was doing when he scheduled them. If they continue to do well, um, Arkansas beat Auburn, uh, and then maybe lost to Grambling last night. I know they were down late in the game, so that's kind of weird. It's, it's very strange that Arkansas offense can be One. so dominant on the weekends and then just completely shrivel up in midweek games. I mean, I think Vanderbilt's had um, some of those problems as well. I think a lot of the a lot of their losses have been um, in in the midweek, and they've played a lot better on the weekends.
1: It's uh-huh. weird. Baseball's is weird. Vanderbilt's twenty and thirteen. They've lost a few games, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. my gut says, my gut says they come out and they win this series. I think. I think losing in Starkville really it
0: could, a, that could be what this team needed, right? Uh, it strengthened their
1: resolve. If they go in there, let's just, if they can go win the series, they're nine and six with three of the last five at home. They get a number six RPA Georgia team at home. I yeah. don't think Georgia is quite as good as they've been playing.
0: No, I mean, I think that they're probably not as good as that six RPI. but that's a great opportunity for Ole Miss to keep building they that keep national seed resume. LSU,
1: which is – this is not a vintage LSU team. They go to Carolina, not a vintage Car- – I mean, not a vintage Carolina team.
0: Are, that's some <laughs> chances for you to just stack up All some league wins. Me.
1: I I think – I think they can get hot and really kick some ass the second half of the season. I
0: think so, too. Auburn's sitting at 4-8 in the SEC. They got good pitching, but they're not Honestly, they're not he's, infallible.
1: He's not to get swept this weekend, which I yeah. would be surprised if he got swept.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think they could even lose the series this weekend and still be in good shape on the back half of the of the SEC slate, but we'll see. Um, looking at the RPI, you got Florida at number one, Arkansas at number four, Georgia at number six, right above the number five Clemson. Georgia just beat them in the midweek last week. Ole Miss at number seven, Auburn at 11, A&M at 18, Kentucky at 19. They don't play Kentucky this year. Uh, Vandy at 26. Missouri, who they also don't play, is at 24. Uh, Alabama at 34. Is Alabama on the schedule, John? Yep. Alabama's at 34.
1: Um you play everybody in your division you rotate. LSU other.
0: at 52. It's not often yep. you see an LSU team. Sub, not top fifty in the RPI. That's that's something.
1: They're they're average as hell.
0: Yeah, Southern Miss at fifty five. Ole Miss has two wins over. Um, I expect them to creep back up. I mean, they're probably that that that's probably a little low, thanks to the fact they just lost to to Ole Miss. But they they have a really good team. They're really good in their league. So, um, South Carolina down to sixty six. Tennessee, who Ole Miss won a series against to start the season, at sixty one to start the SEC season. Uh, State at sixty seven. Definitely got buoyed some by winning the old Miss series um basically there's still a lot of opportunities though I mean of that of that top 10 top 20 I think right now if trends hold I think the SEC gets two national seats Florida and Old Miss who else do you see yeah. sneaking in that conversation or do they just end up with Florida I mean I think Florida is a surefire national seed at this point
1: I agree for Ole Miss, this weekend and next are key for national seeds. Mm-hmm. If they win the series against Georgia, who's going to has a strong RPI? And if they go to Nashville and win the series, they've got the series win over Arkansas.
0: They got the A and M series they're, win.
1: They're what twenty one and one right now. Non-con. I think the worst they can probably realistically do is twenty four and two with uh,
0: mm-hmm. losing to State.
1: Well, state maybe. Oh, they probably come. They're probably focusing in state, and they get three cupcakes. I mean, yeah, anything I. I, I Their non cost strength strength of schedule is not that great, but they're going to win. Mm-hmm. Probably, they're going to go minimum twenty-three and three, or worst case, and that's there. Mm-hmm. If they can get to night, they can get to nineteen SEC wins. that are right on the border Ooh. of it.
0: That would yeah that that would be really I seen an eleven is uh is a really good record.
1: What and it, it kind of depends on where Arkansas is at. If Arkansas is like twenty one and nine and they swept Kentucky for example, and if Kentucky's mm-hmm. at them, we'll have to see. But, but see the thing about
0: Arkansas and a national seed. Look at that non conference schedule one sixteen. Yet they're seventeen and five. I mean, I don't know if they continue to struggle in the midweek, I could see them, that knocking them from a national seed to just a. Do
1: they get um. Almost his top series are going to be Arkansas. Georgia appears to be strong. A and M, A and M, Vandy this weekend. Maybe but Auburn. I, maybe Auburn. Auburn's going to be solid, but that's for – Yeah.
0: Yeah, but but then they they have the strong road. Uh, where's where's where is Long Beach on this list? Let me look. Long Beach all the way at one twenty seven. Really need them. <laughs> Long- really need period. them to come out of that somewhat.
1: Um. If Ole Miss can go win, to win the series this weekend and come back and take care of it, I mean, if they can win the series this weekend, they got a shot to get to 20, 20 conference wins. hmm I think. I think. I mean, I, I think the – That would be huge. What's the floor for them right now? Uh –
0: Probably 17, 16, 16 we'll Yeah. Say,
1: we'll, we'll say I the mean, the
0: wheels could completely fall off. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. You know, who knows? I
1: mean, the, bull, the bullpen could. Get I, we haven't
0: even mentioned Kessinger's Kessinger's hamstring injury is lingering. Um, Adams uh, led off last night. Sir Video played shortstop. Uh, Chase Parham posted something about uh, how Kessinger's batting like sub one fifty since the injury. I mean that that could be a problem. I, I think Jacob Adams is a great leadoff guy, but still, you don't want to lose your you're very hot-hitting, very good defensive shortstop. But, I mean, is good defensively. Maybe they can shuffle it around to make it work. But you don't really know what's going to happen. The, the wheels could fall off. But I, I think 16, 17 probably, if everything holds. The
1: biggest to me would be this pitching stat, the, the bullpen getting tired. Because yeah.
0: mm-hmm.
1: the reality is the bullpen... Well,
0: have won a lot of games for Ole Miss.
1: The bullpen, you could have some some midweek guys move into more more defined weekend roles, but Stokes and Woolfolk have been subpar, which mm-hmm. has really put more stress on Coracy. Put more stress on Etheridge,
0: Greer Holston. Put,
1: yeah, Holston. And if you if you if it's just those three guys, mm-hmm. they're going to start getting flamed out in the second half of the year.
0: Yeah, that's why we really need to work on some of these other. You have the depth. You got to just trust them. You got to give them a shot.
1: Exactly. That's what they got. They got to find a fourth. And ideally, a fifth guy that can
0: reach. I, I'm looking at the polls. Um, Vanderbilt 15th in one, 16th in the other. Southern Miss at 15. Uh, I just want to retract. I don't know what the Georgia State. I was listening to David Kellum on the radio last night. Let's blame him. I thought he had said Georgia State 25th. I don't know. They're like 70ish RPI. They're not in the polls. I don't know where that came from. So just to correct the record, there. You know, this is a podcast that is first and foremost very concerned with accuracy. So I just I couldn't let that I couldn't let that stay out there. Uh, so yeah, that's the baseball it, team. Maybe
1: that, maybe one of those guys is Wolfolk. I mean, he could...
0: Right, return to form. And, and then he's not going to
1: be the closer, but can he be a solid... Can, you can, know, you know, it's not
0: always the closer that has to get the high-stress innings, right? I mean, I'm sure you've read about how they used to use their best bullpen guy, like back in the, um, yeah. maybe like the pre-1950 days, if the Goose Gossage, guys like that, they called him... Like firemen, right? Because they would go in and and put out a fire. The, uh,
1: the uh, tremendous strategy of John Cohen in 2013
0: is that was that what he employed to uh, get to the national championship? the
1: Holder again? would come in in the second inning. Right, you know? right.
0: I, I'm not saying that that it's necessarily the best strategy. I'm saying last inning is more of a modern uh, invention using closers only. Then I mean I, there are still closer type situations where your second and third guy out of the bullpen can get huge outs for you at important times in the game before the ninth inning. And if, if Wolffoot could do that and allow Caracy to just be a ninth inning guy, that would be huge for this team. But we'll see.
1: Yeah. To me, I, my gut says the starting pitching continues to settle down and progressively improve. I think Rollison
0: has his best games ahead of him.
1: I agree. And he's that. got he's got
0: great stuff. The schedule's going to soften some after Vandy. I think it looks really good for him.
1: I think Feigl's going to be up and down, but you, you'll have good days, you'll have bad. And and, MacArthur...
0: and if Rolison can be consistently good, that's going to let Feigl have his good games, and then when he has his bad games, you'll be able to have more rested bullpen. Etheridge, guys like that, can come in.
1: Yeah. And then macarthur has been pretty steady on this. Sunday, I think overall. He yeah, is, I mean he's
0: still a Sunday guy, right? He's not going to be perfect every game, but he's, but he's a good. little
1: better than I thought he'd be. It's yeah,
0: he's 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 better than like a Sam Smith or something.
1: Feigl go from a fifty fifty guy to a two out of three guy, and can Rollison become a? Can Rollison be close to what we think he is? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: so. I, I think the schedule's going to help him out some, so we'll
1: see. Uh, and that's the other part too. There. Once they get, and I don't look at Georgia as a top. I look at Georgia as a good, not great team. Maybe we're just wrong, but like I said, the second half they they got Alabama, Carolina, LSU, Auburn. Mm -hmm. That's not as stiff a competition as what they've. Let's say Arkansas. Well, I don't know.
0: We'll see.
1: It's probably it's probably more even than I'm thinking it is. It's more Tennessee-ish. I guess a and is a down spot. I don't know. It's not that think, yeah, getting
0: Getting the series win uh, over Arkansas and A&M, that was, that was huge for the resume. I think now you just got to focus on consistency. You can't let any one bad game kind of bring you down. I think they're kind of – they're definitely in the driver's seat. They just have to continue to perform. They They have the building blocks of a great resume already under their belt.
1: We're going to – we're gonna know the next two weeks. You know, I said for national seed purposes, it's it's key. I think if, after the Georgia series, we're gonna have a good look at this and say, okay, they're either gonna be. Let's say if they go four and two the next two weekends, they're what does that put them eleven and seven. It's then a okay. Let's go win. Let's go win our last four series. Get to nineteen wins. We're right there as a national the national seed picture. Mm-hmm um or it's a we went three and three we have a good last four series we host maybe if we get really hot we can be a seed if you go two and four and you're sitting there at 500 with an opportunity to play your way into a seed but you're probably in more in the 16 17 category you're probably we'll see what they, and we'll see what they do I think that'll kind of getting past the Georgia series helps set the stage for the rest of the year. I think LSU's winnable, Alabama's winnable, Carolina's winnable. Auburn's got miles, but I think I think Auburn and Oxford is very gettable.
0: I mean, after on the road at Vanderbilt, every every series looks winnable, right? Yep. Yeah, so that's that's it feels gonna be like the story.
1: 500 of the floor, it feels like with this team.
0: Yeah, I mean, with this, with the start they had, I think 500 would almost be a disappointment. But like I said, we're coming off losing to the worst team in the league in Starkville, so we'll see. You know, yep. we'll we'll see how the next the next week or so plays out. Uh, but that's that's baseball. Really excited for next week, John. We're getting into your, your offense breakdown, right? We're ready, almost almost there. Yeah. The offense just prove themselves. Whoa, 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 whoa! Save it, save it for next week. Come on, we've gone this long. You don't don't. Uh...
1: We're going to spend as much time analyzing the bullpen as we are the offense.
0: Yeah. Cause I mean, I think it, the, the whole, the whole here the whole bullet points on this team is balance, right? I mean, there was a stat that was on Twitter, the only team in the country that's top 25 and ERA fielding, uh, fielding percentage and batting average, um, so, I mean, I, I think balance is the key for this team. Obviously, the offense who, who, has to do is it. Is it.
1: Is Ole Miss that team? Yeah, or? Ole Miss
0: is the only team that's top 25 in those three statistical categories. No oh, shit. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I, I think um you have to not make some of the fielding errors you made in state. They're still uh, at state. They're still on school record pace uh, defensively, like 979 right now. Um, I think that's really key to helping your pitchers out. Um, obviously we have to worry about the fatigue playing a role in the, in the pitchers, but they still have a lot of depth. They still have a lot of talent. Um, and as long as the offense keeps showing up consistently, I mean, it is a dangerous lineup top to bottom. Tyler Keenan, sec freshman of the week, two weeks in a row. I mean, he's batting seventh um, playing a really good third base. Then you have guys like Cole Zabowski uh, scattered throughout there. is in the eight hole um, still with a high three hundreds average. Although, you know he's 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 come down a little bit from his insane start, but he's still very powerful bat in the bottom of the lineup, a strong righty. Um, so I, I think they're balanced, then, and, and that's going to be how they win games, how they put together a good resume and a good record. Just got to maintain that balance. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's that's the baseball team. Uh. You know, enjoying the season for sure. You, you don't have too many seasons that that start off this well, so. Don't lose sight of that. Um, I know we started with some football. Haven't talked much about basketball. Kermit Davis out there recruiting or whatever. I mean, I think it's the only real thing I have to say about basketball, something I was thinking about earlier. You know, we talked it was six months, a year ago, maybe maybe a year ago, back when AK didn't get his contract extended. There was some tension. Uh, we talked about why why is AK so much less popular with the boosters, the Be Made crowd, than a guy like Freeze – um, I, I think we kind of decided that a lot of it was that, that free is willing to play ball. He's willing to do the tweets and, uh, you know, slap the backs and grease the palms, all that stuff. Um, but I got to say, it looks like Kermit Davis is willing to do that as well. He's sending out the, the positive tweets at every step and meeting with the Ole Miss ambassadors and, you know, running into Ole Miss people in the airport and all that kind of stuff. Basically he's playing the booster game. Um, you know, and it's easy to to dismiss that and laugh at that. Obviously, that's not going to translate directly to wins on the court. But at the same time, if him making those people happy leads to more, let's say, resources, wink, wink, being put towards basketball recruiting, uh, I think it could translate success on the court. So we'll see. It's going to be interesting to see um, if a guy like Kermit Davis can come in, do some of the things that Ak maybe wasn't as willing or as interested in doing and, and see if that makes the program better. It's going to be interesting.
1: I have no real reason why I think this way, but I'm generally leaning more bullish on Kermit Davis from an on the field perspective.
0: He's off to a good start. The- yeah. I, th- all that said, Sarah Smith, I think committed to Maryland earlier today. Um, he was an AK recruit that backed off Old Miss.
1: I don't care. I don't, care about any of that i think, I think kermit
0: well it's newsworthy
1: I'm just, i just have to note it Kermit's gotten enough guy a couple guys already that he can he's shown he can go recruit with a solid level mm-hmm. and he's doing all the little things with booster relations that got ak on the wrong side of the fence they'll get him on the on that's what i'm saying
0: i think we made fun of the boosters for caring about that back here in ak but now the more i think about it the more maybe it really could have a tangible impact on on his program we're gonna find out
1: I mean, the the good old boy boosters are quirky. They 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 care about access as much or more as access and feeling the love as much or more as right. winning.
0: And they they want yeah they want you to to rub them Luke, the right way. Luke,
1: Luke and Davis have appear to have be able, are striking a good balance between playing the game and running their programs. I will say that they freeze was too much. I like being the star. Too much
0: perception, too much ego, yeah. Less about
1: running the program. AK was too gruff. Well, here, with AK, you know, it's funny with AK. I think AK's kind of standoffish, gruff side was beneficial to him his first five or six years because Mm -hmm. he he needed almost a bullish, defiant attitude to achieve anything, playing in the tad pad, picking up the mess from... Picking up the the um, mess from the previous era, mm-hmm. and he got he got everybody close to the turn. He got close to the turn, which was overachieving. But Then he never quite got over the hump, and everybody got tired of that. Right. Um, Marshall Henderson comes along. They get to the tournament. Mm-hmm. So they get to the tournament with Moody, and then they really weren't able. Then they build the building where they were quite to duplicate it. Right. And AK. I mean, it's funny. AK was. He he was starting to finally be able to recruit at a higher level with the pavilion and the whole contract thing happened and he he panicked to uh, make coaching changes, bring in Bruce, Ste- make sure he got Bruce Stevens and everything. Mm-hmm. That was that was that and was he a, lost
0: Armstrong, all that, yeah.
1: That was a weird situation. Looking back, it was more. It, it was the majority of its Vitter's fault, but it wasn't all Vitter's fault. if they make sense?
0: Yeah, and I mean, like you said, if Kermit turns out to be good for Ole Miss on the court, I mean, who's gonna? There's no point in crying over AK, right? If he if he's more successful than AK, then in the end, the school wins and it's successful. You know, it's, it can't be about not hurting feelings and taking care of the people that you like on a personal level when you're trying to win and and that's not to say that we think the administration is competent or actually
1: knows what they're doing to try to win i mean basically
0: they might fall ass backwards into it we'll see
1: this is going to sound stupid but i think kermit being a state grad lets him coach basketball better because he can then go approach and handle the boosters strictly as i need this i need to work a relationship with the you know, it's just the equivalent of a CEO having to keep a good. It's relationship. less.
0: It's less emotional. Him being from state it, makes it less of an emotional of the, choice.
1: It's part of the ordeal. It's I, more no, business. Football, I don't think a foot, the football coach can be a state grant. I just don't think that works. But mm-hmm. basketball, you can do it. Yeah, we're gonna find out. And, and Bianco is a little. I think Bianco. Bianco's just built a steady program. Is consistent and. I don't really know how good or bad his he he is with boosters. I think he's, I don't know he's, how much it matters in baseball. Uh, I think he's probably third on the list of those guys, but I think it matters less in baseball. They have I, a nice. Yeah,
0: I mean baseball boosters are their own thing, right? I mean they're baseball people. They're they're weird.
1: Well, so he keeps enough of them happy, and they have left field. They can go barbecue. They I think
0: I think baseball boosters are happy with consistency because they're baseball people. Like we we're talking about earlier in the show, baseball is all about consistency. Is it's about you know coming bouncing back after a loss, and Bianco teams are are good at being consistent. So
1: the other thing is base, baseball fits all in this culture. Yeah. That- mm-hmm. you just have to have a steady team. And the rest of it takes care of itself. Or I mean, football. We're,
0: we're in maybe the definitely the most rabid college baseball state in the country. And there's baseball is popular here, uh, where it's not as much other places. That definitely helps them as well. Well,
1: fits the pay. Like you want to have it's a social event as much as it is. Right. A go root for the team, and baseball allows you to take the social aspect into the stadium right. with the.
0: Right, it's that you bring the groove to right field field or whatever as far as a student perspective goes. Pretty
1: much. Um, So the last thing I want to talk about
0: is uh, this whole media fracas that is the Shea Patterson eligibility at Michigan. Basically, the story is being framed by national guys like Dennis Dodd and our good friend Dan Wolken As Ole Miss going out of their way to hurt Shea Patterson because he left Ole Miss, Um, the gist of the story is Part of his appeal to the NCAA, written by Tom Mars, uh, paints a narrative picture of what he experienced during his recruiting at Ole Miss. Basically says he was misled. It, it's These these documents aren't public, so we don't really know what they say. But basically it says uh, Ole Miss coaches acted egregiously. I think that's a verb or an adverb that's used in the, uh, the official wording of the NCAA rule. Uh, basically he was just treated really badly, and that's why he should be immediately eligible to play. Ole Miss refuses to sign off on that because they don't agree with his characterization of the events. Uh, which seems fair, considering one of the Ole Miss coaches at the time was his own brother. You know how how egregiously was he treated by his own brother? I don't know. Um, but they're not technically trying to block Shea Patterson from playing. I don't think they really care all that much. If Patterson plays at Michigan next year, we're not going to play Michigan next year um, unless we meet in Treveport or something like that. After a really disappointing year for uh, for Harbaugh, uh, and after a, a bowl ban would have to be appealed. So it's very very unlikely they were ever going to play Shea Patterson. Um, I just think that it makes perfect sense if you're Ole Miss and you're trying to win that appeal and you're trying to claw back uh, at being the way you've been characterized to not sign off on a document that, that agrees with that characterization of it. Of course, it's being painted in the media, like I said, as Ole Miss is being mean and they won't own up to their crimes, I think was what Wolkin said. Um, I just thought we'd be remiss if we didn't touch on that and just kind of reiterate that the national sports guys – I think number one, first and foremost, is just laziness. When you got somebody like Tom Mars that's basically gonna write your story for you, send it all prepackaged to you, and if you're Dan Wolken it it fits it checks all your boxes of who you like and who you don't like and who you wanna criticize. It's too easy for them not to run that story. Um I guess maybe that drives clicks that the narrative of a a scoring school that's still trying to fight back and lash out at its former players. I don't really know. It's the, it's the offseason, right? They want to generate traffic. Overall, though, I just think it's a stupid story. Um, and I, I don't I, I don't blame Shea necessarily. I mean, he's just doing what his, his lawyer Tom Mars says he should do, right, and trying to get on the field at Michigan, whatever. Uh, but I definitely don't blame Ole Miss. Um, as far as the whole PR side of it is Ole Miss shooting themselves in the foot. For once, I'm not so sure that they are. I, I think Ole Miss's position here makes sense. I don't know. What do you think about this story, John?
1: I really don't care. I, I don't I, – I'm I'm beyond personally getting mad or annoyed at Walken or even Bruce Feldman's gotten stupid these days and all these national guys thinking that their opinion matters. Um, their stance towards the whole FBI college basketball mm-hmm. ordeal is – I mean, most people are tuned off by that. Look at the ratings decline for the NCAA tournament this year. Mm-hmm. I mean – People, it's interesting, boxing, seeing ratings go up. Yes, that's all. We're not going to talk anymore about boxing (laughs) this week. There we go. I'm sitting here watching an April Red Sox Yankee game. There you go. That's, I'm, my time is more, I'm more interested in that. And I'll I'll, I'll probably start following along in the NHL playoffs here. A bit going forward. That has more interest to me than anything spring football related. Um, the NFL, yeah, I
0: mean, spring football in general is just garbage.
1: Honestly, and there's a pivot. I think there's a pivot away from football in general, in a lot of sense between the NFL. Mm-hmm. And we'll eventually see if college continues to maintain it. Probably will. Because college, college, college
0: football is kind of like the MLB. It's very tribal. It's it's very much about your geography, your alma mater, your loyalty has last for decades.
1: I would think MLB is going to have a good year because you got. Red Sox, Yankees both have ninety plus win teams. The Cubs and are Cubs are back with Madden well, for the last five year, years. i tell you this, and part of it's me living up here. Like the Red, the Red Sox in New England is the best fit. Mm-hmm. So and, re, and good Red Sox, Yankees is really entertaining. What is your what's your is, does really good Red Sox, Yankees appeal to you at all? You I, it,
0: it it appeals to me because I like the the guys that the Yankees have. Um, I like a lot of Red Sox players. David Price. Um, went to Vanderbilt, and then obviously some, they got some some good young talent. David uh, Price is
1: fucking trash. He didn't even get out of the first inning tonight.
0: Chill, bro. He's not trash. He's David Price. I mean, they oh, the Red Sox.
1: Gary like, Sanchez. Has why don't
0: you why don't you calm down? The Red Sox still have an insane rotation, right? You'll admit that.
1: Ooh. They have sale. Sale is fantastic.
0: They have sale, and they have freaking. Uh, I, it,
1: Price and Porcello pitch what they're capable of. No, there's so, they have someone it, else. They have someone, really else. they have someone
0: else. We'll they have someone else that's really good. Who am I forgetting? Hold
1: Pomerantz
0: on. solid. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Not really great. Pomerantz is solid, but that's a that's a sick rotation.
1: I mean, if Porcello and Price pitched to close to their Cy Young levels, or did Price win a Cy Young? I don't remember. I think he did. Yeah. yeah I mean, they. That's filthy. Exactly.
0: Um, so that but, appeals to me, and then obviously the young Yankees core appeals to me. You know, Gary Sanchez, and I, I love Giancarlo. I know he started out in kind of a slump, but I love watching him bat.
1: Full in the triangle tonight. Yeah.
0: Um, so that that appeals to me. I think there's a lot of Yankees fans down south more than you would expect. There's a lot of Cubs fans here. Um, I see Cubs fans around Jackson all the time.
1: He's gotten more likable nationally because they've built. They've interestingly enough all of these young up and coming. Yan- a lot of the most of these young Yankees came through their system. Right, it's different than the Yankees team. Well, the past Judge twenty years came through their system, Gardner's a tenured Yankee. Mm-hmm. Sanchez came through their system. They traded yeah. for Stanton, but hell, I mean, fine.
0: But that's um, fun to take a good young core and throw in a perennial All Star. Like that's a fun, ma- that's a fun matchup.
1: Matchup. They traded for Gregorius, but he was a young guy that came up from Arizona and really has morphed. And the- he's been a Yankee for a long time. Eh, no, he's only been a Yankee since Jeter retired. So that was what fourteen was his first season in. Wow, it seems
0: like he's been there longer than that. Um. No, but
1: what's I think Gregorius like? He, okay, they traded for him, but he he's a young kid that came in replaces Jeter, and he's formed his own identity. And he's not trying to be Jeter, but he's a very good player. And really, I think people it's it's you got to respect the guy, and he handles himself, and he came in and and he's filled Jeter's shoes pretty damn well. But, yeah, I think it looks like 2015. As well as anybody could hope to. Yeah, Severino came up through there. I mean, they've got a lot, of, like I said, a lot of guys that have come up through there. Yeah, they
0: acquired him in December 2014. So, yeah, it seems like longer than that. It seems like he's been a Yankee for a long time to me, but I didn't start following the Yankees until fairly recently. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, there's more than that, too, to the MLB this year. Obviously, the Dodgers yep. are the Dodgers, but then you throw in freaking Shohei Otani, man. Like, that's one of the most exciting things that's happened to baseball in a long time. Um, I mean, he can pitch, he can hit next Babe Ruth. I'm excited about watching him. Um, yeah, I think MLB is in a good spot for sure. Um, Cubs, but,
1: you got Cubs, Yankees, Red Sox with all 91 team and Dodgers. Mm-hmm. And the Astros are really good again.
0: Yeah. Astros are great. They were really fun to watch last season. And these teams are all kind of spread out through population centers where they have big regional fan bases. Um, and, but my point with the college football thing was I, I think it's super strong regional affiliations probably even stronger for college football. Um, where I think that viewership for NFL could drop way off, and you would still have uh very loyal fan bases that can support big college programs just because that's the nature of it. You know, you have this four-year connection where you attended these schools, um, or you've been going to these games for fifty yeah. years in some people's cases. So. I think college football will be okay. I think other sports maybe we'll see college basketball. I think you make a good point. I'm not sure what the future holds there. Probably need some rule changes, um, better officiating. Well,
1: football, you're rooting for your school. You kind of that it, it's more of that versus the NFL. You're watching for a quality product and the products getting crappier. Mm-hmm. In addition to all the crap surrounding it.
0: I think it's funny. Football is funny because it, it's it's getting or NFL is funny because it, it's getting opposition from both ends of the spectrum, right? I mean, you have yeah. people on the left that are opposed to CTE, they are opposed to the way yeah. players like Kaepernick are treated, are and then the right. Then you have people on the right that are offended by the people that are offended, offended. basically. Like,
1: what you know, yeah. So
0: it's really they're they're really kind of playing a dangerous game there. I still think they'll they'll be fine in the long run. Maybe not the long run. They'll be fine in the medium run. In the long run, I wonder about the future of football as more and more parents keep their kids from playing due to CTE. We'll see. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be interesting. I, I think there is a chance that technology is going to significantly uh, decrease the danger of football. We'll see. We need much better helmets. We need uh, you know different techniques that are less risky for, for some of these guys tackling.
1: Hell, is technology going to substantially improve football? Helmets? I, I literally just said it. Dude, a, C- a CTE solution? They're not, they're not making a helmet good enough to fix that.
0: I mean, like, that's that. how, why, how could you assume that? The, I mean, part of the problem is hard helmet on hard helmet, right? I mean, maybe a, maybe a softer helmet is going to lessen the blow on both ways. They're not
1: making a helmet that's going to fully address CTE. I'm telling you right now.
0: I mean, okay, that's that's great, John. I mean, the Wait, thing about technology gonna... is that it's speculative. I mean, well, I think you understand are they...
1: that. Are, they, are we going to put, like, a hot, like a – a head and neck restraint device on here. I have no idea. My whole point
0: was, I think football is fucked if they don't solve the CTE problem. So either they solve it or it's over. Those are pre- pretty much the two things I see you happening.
1: moment's softer, but then the next going to start taking the is the other is the next spot. Well,
0: we're going to see, John. It's a binary. I, I, I think CTE is that, they is would not have sustainable. To run,
1: they would have to go to some kind of head and neck restraint device, which is what every motorsports driver wears these days since uh, damn who hit that we have a Sox grand slam in the bottom of the fifth to make it eight six so an ass That's kicking is now this is interesting jd martinez let's see who that is. former detroit tiger they mm-hmm. blew that team up so this is interesting so yeah anyway. head neck restraint device so here, quick, uh, this, well, wow, I do not think we'd talk about this. Tonight. Well, I'm Here, no we... expert on the technology. I'm just saying, I think between... those are the options. Real quick, between Dale Earnhardt, uh, Adam Petty, which is Richard Petty's grandson, and, uh, who, shit, Kenny, uh, was Kenny Irvin. Kenny Irvin had three guys die within 18 months from neck injuries, from crashes. And they made it, everybody started wearing Hans, head and neck restraint devices, Um, And then all Formula One drivers, et cetera, wear it. They've had a remarkable success improving the safety track record for for motorsports and whatnot. But I guess you'd have football players wear something to that effect, except that the one – the one thing that a Hans device would not address is that would address is like if you have a Ryan Shazier type deal where you tackle head first mm-hmm. and it compresses your neck. There's nothing of Hans devices unless you would modify. Yeah, I mean, it. I
0: think you would have to make rules in that regard. I mean, I think you would have to outlaw certain types of tackles if you wanted <laughs> to get serious about that.
1: Which, how do you really outlaw? at the end of the day. I mean, you can I, penalize Yeah, I mean, plus. I think I think then you
0: get back to what you were saying about the product getting worse, right? I mean, is there a, a sweet spot? I don't know. I, I just uh, think I think football as, as you squeeze out more and more kids at the lower level, it's it's going to decline in popularity because I I I think people like sports partially, that they played when they were younger. I mean, you get invested in a sport. I think sports like soccer, uh, baseball is significantly safer, and basketball, uh, which is really basketball, regardless of what you want to say about the college game. The NBA is doing well. NBA is super popular with kids. It's super popular in population centers. Um, It's profitable. So I I see all of those sports right now seem to have a clearer path towards future success in the NFL. We'll see. I think changes will have to happen.
1: Shit, curling may be the <laughs> may be the center of the universe. Yeah, every four years, the Winter Olympics, people are like, "Oh, it. I love curling." The Olympic n- Channel is like showing like live World Championship curling every now. I am amazed at how easy it is to go find curling on TV. What do you? What do you I'm amazed
0: the Olympic Channel operates more often than every two years. I don't know
1: because ESPN's 8:49 on Comcast. The Olympic Channel is 8:46. So God, that's really funny. I'm telling you, like, right? I'm just looking at it right now. The 2018 Ford Women's World Curling Championship is on. Is a replay, and then they got I mean, maybe it's just the Comcast channel lineup, but it's like it's right there, like three stops it's just, from ESPN. is really funny.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't see curling necessarily actually becoming mainstream. I think it's funny to joke about watching it for most people every four years, but that's about the extent of it. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, I think it would be cool if curling was, like, more accessible to play because it looks like a sport that an you know, amateur could actually have fun playing, you
1: know? It's, it's kind of like shuffleboard or something like was like in, in like... If Ole miss was like i don't know i guess the university of minnesota was like an old miss type school from a party standpoint i mean that to me would be an e- easy sport, sport
0: to fun. attract guys to come watch yeah I, I can see that i mean indoor volleyball is fun to watch at old miss from what i've heard i've seen some games on tv I, lo- I love indoor volleyball i think there are definitely neat sports that can be really fun to, to watch in person or even stream uh, we'll see. um all right folks uh that's the show Thank you for listening. John, you got anything else you wanna you wanna share this week before we sign off?
1: Good to go. Alright
0: guys, well, like I said, thanks for listening. It was uh it was a really fun show. We'll be back next week. Continue to talk about this baseball team. Don't forget we got John's big offensive breakdown coming up. You know, we've hyped it so much right now. I think it started as an offhand comment that you breakdown. you were right. You were right to say, you know, it's hard to analyze a baseball offense too early in the season, so um, still, we'll we'll talk about it next week. All that we'll keep following football recruiting, all of that. Um, you know, Kermit Davis' charm offensive, all these these ongoing stories in uh in our universe. Um, but for now, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, thank you, John, and we'll talk to you again next week, guys.
1: I like blue.